Hey friends, welcome back to the Kate Take Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Brown, and I am so excited because we have a phenomenal guest today here sitting with us. I am sitting here with Lindsay Concher, and she is a licensed graduate um, social worker. And so she's got some pretty amazing credentials and experience in the mental health world. She's a mom by day and social worker by heart. And she's absolutely thrilled to be a stay-at-home mom. She knew that's what she wanted to do, um, but she also that she couldn't lose herself along the way. And that was really vital to who Lindsay is, was not losing herself as a mom. So she found a way to use her clinical skills and develop a practice to hold on to the work that she loves so much. And she wrote a freaking book. Her book is called, I Got 99 Coping Skills and Being a Bitch Ain't One. It's a quippy evidence-based guide to help individuals feel better, have healthy coping skills. And she also offers support services to women in the perinatal and postpartum stages of life. We all know life can be unimaginably challenging at times. It can bring out stress, grief, anxiety, and angst. But Lindsay's here to help navigate through all of that messiness. She's freaking awesome. Um, Lindsay, welcome to the Kate Take. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. That is an extensive list of titles and, you know, mom and license and graduate. There's, you have so many titles. You have so many things that you have going for you. You wrote a book, which is absolutely phenomenal. I, I guarantee that there's a listener um, listening to this today who's had a dream on her heart to write a book and you've done that. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about you, your background? Let's dive into this a little bit more. And how did you get to where you are today? Yeah. So I always say to people, like, there's no possible way to differentiate my personal life and my professional life. Like they're just so blended and so it kind of started back um, w- way back when my parents filed for divorce when I was 12 and then um, didn't finalize until I was 15. And so it was a very long, very messy process. And both of them just kind of lost their parenting skills along the way. Co-parenting wasn't really an option for them, I guess. So, um, so I was kind of, you know, navigating my teenage years really, really alone Um from a, from my family standpoint. And then I also found myself in a, in a pretty abusive relationship. And so at the time I was losing friends because of this relationship and et cetera. And so I ended up actually making a whole plan to take my own life. Um, and without getting too deep into it, I, um, I, I showed up to my mom's house, had my dad bring me to my mom's and, and she happened to stay home that day. And so I went up to my room and was like, well, I'm not going to do this with somebody home. And so I just kind of sat and laid on my bed and reflected and thought, and it just kind of dawned on me, like, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I'm supposed to be here. Maybe there's more. And, and there was. (laughs) And so um, then I ended up fast forward uh, many years, but I went to school for psych and then found social work. And I just, my whole thing was always like, if there's one person out there that was feeling in that dark place that I was feeling way back when, and I can have a small smidgen of, you know, something to help them. I, it, this whole, everything will be worth it. Graduate school will be worth it, like everything. And so, um, yeah. And so then I became a grad, a licensed graduate social worker. So I have my master's in social work and, um, was practicing therapy. And then I got pregnant in a pandemic and, 
became a stay-at-home mom. So um, now that is my current state and my current title. And um, but I still, I just, I love social work so much. It's so much a part of me that I still kind of offer some services and do some things to make sure that I, you know, I don't lose that piece of, of who I am. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> wow, that was really powerful, Lindsay. And thank you for sharing that because that's really raw, right? To share mm. like that darkest point of where you've been. And it's so important that you are here. And I'm so glad that your teenage self saw like your worth and, and how important it is that you are here. And so we just want to even start off this podcast by saying, you know, if you're in that dark space that Lindsay has described, like today is the day to reach out and get help because it is so important that you're here and that you stay here and that you seek the help that you need. And, um, and this is an important topic to me as well. We lost a family member to suicide in 2018 and nobody knew anything was wrong, you know? So it's one of those things where, um, you're hearing someone right now who has a powerful message of they're still here. So we just want to make sure that that's put out there as we dive into this today too, but what a journey. And especially be, you know, fellow millennial mom who became a mom in the pandemic. I'm like, okay, we have gone through <laughs> some things together as well as a lot of the listeners on this podcast. And one thing I love on your social media, Lindsay, is how you share your tips and, you know, mental health and how to navigate the world that we're in right now, because if we turn on the news, it's negative. If we watch what's going on, it's negative. We've been watching people fight with their family members and their friends over political divides and all these things. If we look around us, there is a lot of negativity. And you share so many great ways of how to deal with those struggles. And one thing that I thought was phenomenal, especially for the listeners of the Kate Take here, was this is a lot of ambitious women. This is a lot of women who understand, okay, there is a lot of negativity in the world. I'm going to plug into personal development. I'm going to plug into health and fitness. I have ambitions on my heart. I'm taking action on my goals. And it's a lot of achievers, probably a lot of Enneagram threes listening to this. With that, one of the things you share on your social media and in your book is the idea of play and the idea of bringing more play into our life, because this is often missed in this conversation of mental health. So can you share with us the four types of play for adults of how we can add this into our life? And realistically, how do we create more space for play? Because I think even for myself, it sounds great. Sounds great to do things I just enjoy, but I've got a husband and a kid and a home and a business and a this and a that. So can you tell us about types of play and then how do we fit this into our life realistically? Yeah, totally. No, I absolutely love that question. And I hear you so loud and clear with the negativity. Our bodies are not meant to input all of that negativity all the time. So as great as it's, it is that we're connected all the time, it's also, it gets really, really exhausting. So thank you so much for pointing that out. But yes, so there was a study out of Switzerland um, that broke down the four different types of play, and I will explain them a bit. So the first is other directed and these are the people, this is me. Um, these are people that like, maybe like game nights with their friends. They're like, it's social play. Um, and so just doing things like, however you like, maybe joining a league or a club or something like that. Um, like a softball team or volleyball, beach volleyball, something like that. Um, other directives really get 
excited and playful when they're like doing something like that. I always say like, give me my girls, give me some cards and we're, yeah, you do. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, I mean, it's like, there's nothing oh, better. Totally so. extroverts. We're like, give me the people. Yes. 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 Mostly extroverts will fall into this, this category for sure. Um, and then the next type is lighthearted. And so these are the people that are like really comedic. Maybe you're doing like practical jokes, um, just like silliness. They don't often think about consequences for like their future actions. So like, if you're thinking of a kind of like a prankster, they might not think like longevity wise, like, oh, is this the best prank I should pull right now? Um, things like that. So just really, really silly. And then the third type is intellectual play. And so people don't often think of this, but this might be a little bit more geared towards introverts, not always, but sometimes. Um, but intellectual play can be like doing a puzzle or doing like any anything that's like individual, like a game of solitaire even might be like playful for an intellectual um, player. And then also um, like book clubs could even be considered play for them. Um, just something that's like really problem solving, using your mind. Um, and you might kind of fall into like more than one of these categories, but there's probably a primary, right? So, and then lastly, the fourth is called whimsical. And that is kind of things that are like a little bit more out there, really creative stuff. A lot of people, um, that like would go to Comic-Con or something like that is like totally playful. You're like, want to dress up, maybe going to like the Renaissance festival and dressing up could like totally be playful. Um, Renaissance festival is like for those not in Minnesota, (laughs) I guess, that don't know is like, um, medieval themed kind of dress up fair play, whatever. Um, and then yeah, just doing other things like maybe like making fairy gardens or just different like, but traditionally people might be like, okay, that is like so weird. And actually the girl I interviewed in my book, her, she goes by Emma Soros. That's her, her handle. She loves Legos. She's an adult woman, absolutely loves Legos, turn their master bedroom into like a Lego land, like a whole thing. And that is her total, like her form of play. And she is amazing. And she's just like, created this whole thing around it and so it's super cool so those are the four types I'll repeat them other directed that's you and me we're like the the cards with our friends um then there's lighthearted, the pranksters and then there's intellectual kind of the bookworms or the puzzle puzzle people and then whimsical um and so in order to make room for that so the second part of your question is really just about intentionality I think with pretty much all of the coping skills that I talk about in my book, it breaks down to being really intentional about implementing this stuff in your life. And yes, we are absolutely busy. And I actually hate that word, but, but it's true. We are busy, but it's like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm busy. You know, like, it's just like the worst answer ever. (laughs) Um, But I think really creating that time and that space, and you don't have to have like a full day or a full night with your girlfriends to, you know, play these games. If you can make that happen, absolutely do for that specific like if you want to do something like that I always tell people don't just like text your friend and say hey we haven't been together forever we should catch up soon okay that goes nowhere and then months pass and you still haven't caught up with that girlfriend of yours text your friend and say hey I'm missing you I need some girl time especially as a mom like and especially if you're a mom with friends that aren't yet moms um it's often like just it's just different mindsets at at the different stages of life which is 
totally fine. Uh, but just texting your girlfriends and being like, Hey, I need some girl time. I need some, you know, whatever. And then get a specific date and time on the calendar. Like actually say I'm available at, you know, five o'clock on Tuesday. What about you? And so really being intentional about taking the next step forward and making those plans. Um, and that can, you can schedule that time, whether you're an intellectual player who wants to just have a, have that time to do puzzles by herself. Um, or if you, you know, want to go to that Comic-Con, make it happen. And we also so, so often, again, I am a big advocate of social media in some ways, but I think the doom scroll is something that we just really, really, really need to be cognizant of and make sure that we're not wasting our own time by doing that when really we could get, get out and be doing something. So really just taking that action, taking those tangible steps and figuring out first what it is that like playful for you, what is fun. Like a girlfriend and I used to always go out and just like throw the football back and forth. Like it was so fun for us. We just loved it. Um, and that's playing. Like you might not even like totally realize that you're playing, but you are. And it's so, so, so important for your brain. Yeah, it really is. I love, I just love those four different types. And for the listeners right now, it's think about which one you are. And then that intentionality piece, right? And the entire premise of this podcast is inspiration into action. It's not just, oh, that's a nice idea. It's like, how will you fit that into your life? And I think, you know, the reason I wanted to talk about that with you, Lindsay, was I was talking with um, a friend of mine, Shelby Colzer. She's actually an upcoming guest on the podcast. And Shelby and I had a conversation. If you guys know who Shelby is, she's very into like energetic work and she's kind of like a hippy dippy. And I wanted to talk about this with you, Lindsay, because my daughter goes to daycare four days a week. She used to go five days a week. I always wanted less time with the freedom of my schedule. And then I got that and I freaked the frick out. I literally was like, (laughs) I texted Shelby and I was like, Shelby, I'm freaking out. I, in my mind, I have to work five days a week in my mind. If I lose a full day to just play and be with my daughter, which was exactly what I wanted. And it was a bit of a lack mindset. And Shelby was like, actually, you're going to create a lot more expansion by enjoying your life and having some more play and some room to be creative. It makes that work easier. So I think, and you know, for me, it's like, I love playing with her, but I'm like, I'm like, when you're going through those, I'm like a puzzle alone sounds like torture. (laughs) That is like my least favorite fun thing ever, but like a girl's night or even a quick cup of coffee with someone, it just fulfills you to get back into like work mode, mom mode, all of those things. So thank you for sharing those because you know, we do need to make more room for fun because if we don't, I mean, bills and home projects, that stuff is always going to be there, right? right. So if we don't totally. have time for it. It's like, oh man, you're just going to be so depleted. So I absolutely well, love that. And I think, sorry, I'll just say one oh, more yeah. thing on it. Um, I think like when we think of like playing with our kids, so much of it is like, oh, I have to do like imaginative, imaginative play yeah. with them, you know, or I have to do this certain thing. And like, I'm a mom that like, well, actually my, my daughter's like not quite there and yours might not quite be there yet either. But like, if I have to play with my nieces whom I adore and love, but they're telling me to be this pony and whatever, I'm like, I hate this. Like, I'm so freaking bored right now. That is just not how my brain works. Some people are awesome at that. So that's also a really good way to take a step back and be like, if I were to like go play with a kid, whether it's yours, your niece, your, you know, a babysitter, whatever, and you're playing with children, 
what is it that's super fun for you? I actually love playing with Legos with kids, right? Or I love being outside playing in like the water, doing water games with her. So like, that's also a really good question to ask yourself. It's like, what would, you know, my, my child self want to be doing right now? What is fun when I play with children? Those are two things that, you know, start kind of thinking about it that way. And then you can definitely, you know, get, get a little bit more clear on what's going to be super fun for you. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Um, okay. So I want to shift here because your book title is amazing. It is so good. <laughs> I, literally the title of Lindsay's book, if you missed it in the beginning is I got 99 coping skills and being a bitch ain't one. And I mean, that, if that doesn't fit into the mold <laughs> of the Kate take podcast, a little sassiness, I don't know what does, but I really love how you talk about you know, that feeling, and we've all been there. I've been there where it's like, all of a sudden you self-examine and you're like, I am being a B word. Like, why am I being such a B? And really what I love that you talk about on your social media and in your book here is that when you're acting like that, it's an unmet need. So when we, you know, but sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you do just snap. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do just act that way, or you are tired. So as these busy professionals, as these moms, as these women juggling a lot of things, how do we pause in that moment and define, okay, this is why I'm being this way. How do we do that? And then second part of that is how do we repair it? <laughs> like when we are that way, cause it is hard. It's like, how do we repair it after we rewind and we're like, Oh, like this was my entire pregnancy, my whole pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, am I crazy or what's going on? So I don't know, my poor husband. Oh God, God bless him. Um, so yeah, how do we pause and define that when we find ourselves in that situation? Yes, no, I love that. And there was so much intention behind like the title of the book. So I'm so happy you're bringing this up too. But um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is I, I was just noticing for me, like this is, I mean, it was totally my personal pattern. It was like, every time I was rude and it's not like I'm rude to strangers, right? It's not like the people that are just like passerbys in the store. It's like the people I'm very closest with. So again, my husband totally gets the brunt of it because I'm feeling really anxious about, you know, whatever it is, like maybe I'm having anticipatory anxiety because I have a speech coming up and I'm really nervous about it. And so, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, ho I'm hosting that in my body, but I don't really even totally know. And then, you know, I'm short with him because he's, I don't know, didn't do the dishes or something yeah. dumb, like, right. The cupboards open. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Um, and so it all comes down to, to projection, right? So we're, we're feeling this, this host of emotions, whether, you know, it's overwhelm or worry or stress or however it's manifesting for you. Um, and then you're projecting that onto those, those closest to you. So I would say that's really the first thing. Notice how you're treating the people, you know, in your close circle, don't, don't evaluate, you know, further out than that. Um, and then when you do start noticing that you're acting that way, it's, it's hard, but admit it, you have to say like, now I remember feeling so embarrassed, like the first time. I was just like choking on my words when I was going to bring it up to my husband. Like, I'm sorry that I'm acting this way. I'm really anxious about something. Like it was like, I, like why <laughs> I'm a social worker and I do this all the time. Why did I feel so much embarrassment and guilt for like just feeling anxious, which is an emotion that we all feel. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was so hard and he responded so warmly. And so like, Oh, it's okay. Like, 
you know, it was like, like it was almost like nothing to him. And it was like, it took me like three days to even like get it off my chest and be like, I'm feeling really anxious about this thing. And so, um, I think just saying that, like, and then when you pause and you think about it the other way, if, if your spouse or your partner, or your best friend or whomever is acting really harsh towards you, if they were to be, take ownership of that and take accountability and just own up to it, how good would it feel for you to not only be like their safe space, but also to just like hear them coming towards you with like this open arm, like a vulnerable situation. Right. So like, it's just, there's a lot of different pieces that go into it, but does that make sense? Like if you like, you just, yeah. So, so first of all, I think if you, if find the courage, you know, wherever it is in your body and, and just say like, I'm feeling really anxious about this thing that's totally fine. We all experience it. Then at that point, then we need to do something about it, right? We've become aware about it or become aware of it. And, and now we need to do something. Um, and so, and that's, again, then you have these 99 coping skills of like, what is going to make you feel better in that moment? Um, it doesn't necessarily mean like shoving the emotions down though. Sometimes distractions are really helpful. Um, but there's a whole, gamut of things that that you can do for me personally like I might just say hey I'm feeling really anxious right now I don't know like what's going on I just need to get my thoughts situated can you hang with the babe for you know 15 minutes I'm just gonna go for a walk and clear my head or I feel like I'm just you know overwhelmed by the house I just need to get out of it so I go outside and I get myself on the trail and I go for a walk or a hike or something um, that's usually like my first, that feels really, really good for me. If that's not your situation, that's not an option for you. There's so many techniques in here that you can do. Like, I love body scans to see like where you're holding your tension. Um, that's really, really helpful for me just to notice like, oh, my jaw is really, really tight. I need to kind of just like drop my jaw, do maybe some self-massaging right there. And I mean, everyone like should do that right now. Yeah, I just like, like rub. Their everyone's jaw, walking right? right now. Like, oh, it's just so, that is my number one tension. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. It feels so good. Just to yep. like release some of that once you're like aware of it. Yeah. Um, also just like deep breathing techniques, anything like that is just super helpful to get your mind and your body like reconnected. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Sorry. Sometimes I go on tangents. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I think that's great. I just think so much of it is like, we don't even, I know this for myself in those moments of like the pause where it's like the body scans is definitely one that I use, um, myself, but I think a huge piece of that is just the bravery it takes to be vulnerable is really what I got from that. Because I think for any of us, you know, my husband and I always talk about this. Like if one of us is snippy with the other one, we've come so far in that in our own relationship, but it's like, man, that was hard in the beginning just to be like, I'm wrong, period. Mm-hmm. I'm period. sorry, exactly. period. Like no justification. Right. It's like, that takes that level of vulnerability with, you know, um, people in our lives. But I think this is why your book is so excellent because it gives people the skills to cope with those things and then realize that, you know, you're not going to completely damage your relationship just because you were a B because right. you were overwhelmed with something. Right. 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 And it's, and it's totally normal. And it's going to happen. Everyone is going to get overwhelmed. That anxiety to me is like so interesting because you don't have to be like clinically diagnosed with anxiety to feel anxiety, right? Like it is such a, such a normal thing to experience. Um, and so it's just really important to yeah own it. And just like you said, 
there doesn't need to be there absolutely can be a long discussion about it but it doesn't always have to be you can just say like I'm really sorry for how I acted earlier and and have your kids see you say I'm sorry right like so good practice it now when they're itty bitty babies too and then they will grow up understanding and hearing that it is okay and good to say I'm sorry when you're in the wrong Mm. because we all are going to be in the wrong at some point love that love that especially as the people listening to this from the midwest who like I never saw my parents argue or whatever it is it's like uh, they probably shut the door but I think that's you know I used to do that when I was a teacher if I I definitely snapped at students and I would always apologize like you know, privately, but also publicly. Like, and I would just Mm -hmm. be upfront with them. Like you guys, I'm stressed out because of X, Y, Z. And it's like, I think that's such a great thing for us to model for our children. Um, another thing that I think is excellent that you've modeled for your, um, your child slash children, right? Well, I'm pregnant. So so soon to be children, right? How far along (laughs) are you? Um, I am 23 weeks today. Okay. I knew that you were like getting there, um, which congratulations. <laughs> You'll you. have to come back on and let us know how it is balancing too for, for those of yes. us who haven't done that. Oh, gosh. Um, but I think it's so incredible that you've written this book. You had this path of, on your career and that shifted to looking like a stay-at-home mom. And now you've used your skills in a new way, which is just so key. And so I'm sure as you decided, you know, this dream came on your heart to write a book and you were going to put pen to paper and well, not pen to paper, but figuratively. (laughs) And I'm sure that that brought up some fears or some limiting beliefs or some things surrounding like, oof, am I actually going to put this work into it? Or what if someone never reads it? So, and I'm sure that there's someone listening to this podcast today who's debated writing the book, starting the podcast, starting the business. We talk about this all the time on the Kate Take. So how did you push push past your limiting beliefs and actually go to creating this dream that you had um, to writing a book? Yeah. So, so actually for me, the book kind of started back in 2017 when I was working in an inpatient psychiatric hospital. That's when I had the idea for it. And I was just like, I think these skills need to be transferred out of the hospital, more general, you know, et cetera. And so I started kind of writing it and I just, and I, I'm this type of person, like if I have like words to say, I just need to like write it out in that moment, like stop what I'm doing and like get it out. Um, and so I just, I would kind of start it, but I can't tell you in, you know, over the five years, how many times I've shelved the book. Cause I was just like, I don't know how to write a book. I don't know what, to, what I'm doing, uh, who's going to read it. And so then uh, when my daughter was nine months old, I struggled. I struggled really, really hard in the, in the transition to motherhood, loved her dearly, but postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression and postpartum rage hit with a vengeance. And, um, and I am a three, I am an achiever and the Enneagram. And so I am very like, I love working. Um, and so transitioning to stay at home motherhood. And then especially during a pandemic, it was just, you know, a trifecta of things. So, um, I started feeling much better you know, probably six months in or something, I was like, okay, we can, we can do this. I can do this. Um, but then I, I started realizing like, I need a creative outlet. I need to do something for me. And I want to model that for her. Like that is really, really important. Like, how can I tell her that she can achieve anything she wants, you know, reach for the stars, go for all your, your dreams if I'm not doing that. And so that was really like a premise for my why is like, I really want to make sure that like, for me personally, like daughter aside, for me personally, I want to achieve my dreams, but also I want to model that for her. 
And so, um, she was nine months and I just told my husband, like, I think I just need to do this thing. Like, I think this book is like, you know, important, especially now when the pandemic was at its highest and people were just, you know, I mean, like you can't get into therapy for months. Like, you know, just all, all the things, mental health rates, um, got just terrible. And so I started writing it and really at the time, again, it was for me, it was a passion project. I was like, I'm going to write it. I have no idea if I'm even going to publish it. I don't know. But then when I started getting a little bit more serious about it, I find, I found a community. I found resources. I found ways to actually make it happen. And like, Oh, this is actually something that, you know, can be done. I can do this. And so then when I started writing and I was like, this is, you know, actually kind of pretty good. (laughs) And I was like, this is actually super fun. I'm enjoying the writing process. Like I loved pretty much everything start to finish. Of course, there are days I wanted to bang my head against a wall. I didn't luckily, but, um, but yeah, I just, I just loved the whole process and it was so much learning and I'm just such a learner too. So that was really fun. And, um, but then I was like, it's good. I want to put it out there. And so then I just had to learn, I had to figure it out. I had to be a novice. Right. And I think that's something we forget is like, we don't always have to be great at everything we do. I tell people all the time, like, I love painting. Painting is super fun for me. I am God awful at it. I'm, it's, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at painting. Um, but it's fun for me and some games, same thing. I'm like, I know I'm going to be bad at this, but I'm going to enjoy it. Right. Um, and so that was kind of like this process was like, I wanted to do it successfully. So of course it's a little different, but, um, I just, I knew that it was important. I knew the information mattered and I knew it could help, you know, whether it's two people or 2 million people, I wanted, I wanted to put it out there. Um, and so I just, I stuck to my why really, really hard. Like, again, I wanted to do this for myself. I wanted to show myself that like, yes, I can be a mom, but I can also have, you know, my creative side and my therapeutic side and, and all of that. And then also like, how cool is it? Like when my daughter holds my book, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? It's the best. It's like the best thing ever. So, um, so yeah, (laughs) I love that. And I think that's so key. Um, there's a podcaster and business development guy. His name is Ed Milet. I He's got an awesome podcast and he just wrote a book as well. And he always talks about that children and with, you know, parents, he's like, our actions are caught, not taught. Like what they end up doing, they're going to catch what you do. And I'm like, gosh, that's just that is something that I think about too. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And, and such an important conversation of, you know, we're, especially as mothers, we're always trying to tend, make sure our children's needs are met, but a huge piece of that is, are your needs met? So I love what you said there about, you know, it's, we can't tell them to go do all their dreams and goals and they can do anything, but we stayed small, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, I love that you're modeling that for your, for your children, your one and a half. (laughs) My one and a half. Yeah. One and a half. Um, Lindsay, this has been such a great conversation. And I just feel like our listeners and and myself, I'm like going back to like this play conversation and all these things. Um, it's amazing. And I know that there's so much more goodness in your book. So as we kind of wrap up here, Lindsay, one last kind of quick question here, and maybe not quick, but is, you know, what, what's the legacy you hope to leave with this book, you know, 20, 30, 50 years from now, when you're 80 years old and you look back, what's like a legacy that you hope to leave with this book that you've written and just the work that you're doing? Mostly just, I feel like my biggest thing is I always want to leave the world a little bit better than, than how I found it. You know, I'm like, that's 
super annoying person that like, if I see trash outside, I pick it up. Uh, <laughs> just like, just little things that I can do. And I know this book is, you know, maybe it'll make a really huge impact. I don't know. But even like I said before, if I just make a small impact on somebody, if I can walk through the journey of, of hardship with anybody and hold their hand in just the smallest way, even if it's just for a couple blocks and then they're on for the rest of their life. I think that is so special and something that I just value so much. I mean, I can't tell you how many people in my life were, you know, just one day, like one interaction meant so, so much to me. And if I could like find them and tell them how much it, like, you know, it meant, and that's what I want this book to maybe be for somebody. I think books change lives. I think they're huge. I, I love books. I love self-development books. I love the whole everything. So for me, it's like, if I can just impart, you know, a smidgen of wisdom or something, you know, helpful for somebody in, in this thing of life, then I think that would be the whole thing's worth it for sure. I love it. It's definitely going to happen, girl, because that book's already <laughs> in people's hands. So it is. Um, yes. where can people follow you? Where can they find you on social media? Where can they get the book? And we will link all of this in the show notes for our listeners. But where can the listeners of the Kate Take find you? Yeah. So the easiest place to find me is Instagram. I hang out mostly there. Um, coping with Lindsay is my handle. And then I also have a website, same thing, copingwithlindsay.com. And then you can find the book on Amazon. Amazing. So get that, get that two day prime shipping guys and go, That's right. <laughs> go get this book in your cart. Um, Lindsay, thank you so much for this conversation today. And I just appreciate you and all the work that you're doing out there and Kate take listeners. I will see you next week. Bye.